the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Does anyone here feel like they have enough time to accomplish everything that they have to do in a given week? Not to mention all the other things that you would like to do as well. I hope that I'm not the only person that feels the finitude or limited nature of time. I can think of projects that I didn't get done. I can think of people that I've been meaning to call and I haven't been able to. I can sometimes get anxious when I think about family members and loved ones that I wish I spent more time with, but just don't seem to have enough time to do it. As a parent and husband, I feel as though I can never really give enough of my attention to my family, and yet I often give them too little. Don't we all feel like this in some way, shape, or form? As mentioned in the As We Gather portion of our bulletin, all of our readings today speak to time and maybe the brevity of life or limited nature time plays in our life. There are, as they say, only so many hours in a day. Jonah, in our Old Testament lesson, sets a doomsday clock for the wicked city of Nineveh. Forty days. It's a clear time. Not very long. That's all you get. Forty days, and then, because of your wickedness, the creator of the heavens and the earth will destroy this little spot of creation that has gone bad. Like a surgeon scraping out a cancerous lump. If you don't know the story of Jonah, he wasted a lot of time to get to this point. He didn't want God to heal these people from their sin. Rather, he wanted God to wipe out the enemy of his people. Furthermore, from what we have recorded of Jonah's call to repentance, it doesn't seem very encouraging. The city is three days' journey in breadth, and he only takes one day into it, about a third of the way into the city. And he makes this announcement, this warning, and it's not really all that great. Basically, he says, 40 days and you're going to die. Talk about evangelism. Talk about calling people to faith. These wicked people... That God called Jonah to go and speak to in turn were in danger of being overthrown. And as they hear Jonah, the prophet of God, speaking the way he did, they did not waste any time. When the warning came from the greatest to the least, they all put on sackcloth and ashes and repented of their sins. They heard the warning of God and took heart, dropping everything that they had, and they focused on the reality that they were in grave danger because of what they had done. They were quick to repent. So, Do we waste time like Jonah? Or do we repent immediately 
like the people of Nineveh. Did you hear the epistle lesson? It's a fun one. It's tricky. A text I almost want to ignore like maybe Jonah. But it is God's word and even challenging parts of scripture have truth to teach us. St. Paul is talking to the church in Corinth. This church is a prime example of a church struggling with the pressures of this world. It had unique problems, of course, specifically helping people who came from a diverse background, wide varieties of beliefs and backgrounds, to the unifying truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In chapter 7, which is where we pull our excerpt of our New Testament lesson, Paul is trying to teach the church how to handle these living in these last days with relationships with people who may or may not share the same values that we have as Christians, who may or may not have the same view that we have as Christians. He speaks to married people who have spouses that are not believers. Paul speaks to those who are indentured servants or slaves and those who are free. He then speaks to unmarried and widowed people. Our text comes from that section. Throughout this chapter, Paul is trying to help provide order and answer questions like, Should I divorce my wife if she's not a Christian? He says, no. Is it better to be married or to be single? His answer, neither is better. If I am a Christian and free, should I be obligated to my debts? He says, while you are free in Christ, you must do your civil duty to be freed from your servitude. It is better to be free. Slavery is not designed by God. And Christians ought never put themselves in positions where they would find themselves indebted in this way. And then to our text. This question is about people who are engaged. If we're engaged and it's the last days, should we call off the wedding? If time is short and the end is near, should we be getting married? And Paul's answer is that it's not really about being married or single. It's about seeking first the kingdom of God. It's also about fleeing from the sins that come with being married or single. A single person must struggle with their God-given sexual desires. Marriage was appointed by God in part for their proper outlet. Anything else is sinful. But married people have obligations to their family and their spouse. It's easy for children to become little gods that divide their mom's attention. It's easy for spouses to become little gods who can also divide the attention away from the one true God. Spouses are supposed to be gifts that encourage us and support us and build us up in the one true faith. And yet, they certainly can distract us from God and divide our attention most easily. 
To that end, Paul says, Let those who have wives live as though they had none. Thanks, Paul. As we carefully read this passage in context, what we will understand Paul saying is the anxiousness and focus that a spouse or family demands upon a Christian ought not be. The solution? Undivided devotion to the Lord. The Ninevites show this when they immediately repent. In our gospel lesson, the disciples show this when they drop their nets and follow Jesus. So, does the Christian church show this by neglecting our spouses and family? Do we find enough time to worship God by ignoring our responsibilities at home? Jesus reveals the solution to this tension when he calls Andrew and Peter. He gives them a play on words that is familiar to many of us Christians. To these fishermen, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Do you see what Jesus is doing? It's not merely a fun quip. He's inviting these men to follow him, and in doing so, they will find themselves fulfilling all of their God-given responsibilities. And so, this truth becomes clear for us all who don't feel like we have enough time to do all of the things. God tells us that if we focus on him, we will learn how to give proper time to everything else. As we follow Jesus, he will teach us how to make the best of the time we are given. Luther is quoted as saying something like, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Or even better, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Are you lacking time to fulfill all the things you want to do? Start with what's most important. Start with God. If you have a family, bring them to God's word. If you are single, help fellow Christians come to God's word. If you are married to an unbeliever, live out the love of God so that they might hear his word on your lips and through your actions. So they might see how you cast all your anxieties on him and how he will provide. Consider this tonight, your call from God. Follow me is what he is saying. He will help you fulfill this. He has given you this life. And he will provide for everything that you need, even the time that you need to accomplish that for which he calls you to. And when you and I inevitably fail to heed his call 
perfectly. When we know we ought to put him first and we allow everything else to distract us, know this. He did not fail to heed his call. Jesus came for sinners like you and me. He knew that his time was short and he willingly laid down his life. Jesus died a young man so that you might live forever. And you will live forever because he didn't stay dead. He rose from the tomb and now promises life everlasting. And I guess with life everlasting, you have more than enough time to accomplish everything in its proper order. So be at peace, brothers and sisters. There is no need to be anxious about the amount of time you have to accomplish the tasks set before you. God will provide. He has already provided in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.